The federal indictments are down against John Doherty, Bobby Heenan, and six others. Where to begin? Let's get the inside story. Good morning, I'm Tamala Edwards. Welcome to Inside Story. Let's introduce you to the panel here on this boring Sunday. Nothing happening on the local scene. We will start with David Dix, Government Affairs Executive. Good, Good morning. morning Marketing Exec, Brian, Brian Tierney. Good morning. Nonprofit Exec, Donna Gentile O'Donnell. Good morning. Are you, are you some sort of exec, Christine, or just columnist today? Um, Christine Flowers. I'm whatever you want me to be. <laughs> and journalist Larry Platt. Good morning. Good to have you all here. Turning very serious, these indictments against Johnny Doherty, Bobby Heenan, and six others, getting into a number of things, saying they misuse funds for personal expenses, everything from baby wipes to home repairs, keeping family and friends on the payroll for jobs that were not really there, that Heenan was collecting this union check and was being directed by Doherty to do a number of things on city council, making him more client number one than his constituents, and laying out what many would see as a number of unseemly confrontations with various entities across the city, whether it was Comcast or CHOP or others. So 116 counts they laid out. What were your reactions as the feds finally, we knew that they'd been following Johnny Doc, now that you finally got a chance to see and hear about the case? I would say shock and awe. You know, I think everybody was, uh, you know, surprised by the um, surprised by the indictment, surprised by the connection that was connections that were drawn in the indictment. And I think a lot of times it kind of left more questions than answers. So I'm curious to see um, after the arraignment and people and more more exposure what really happened because so many people were redacted in the indictment. Hmm. I mean, a hundred and over more than a hundred. 116. 116 uh, accounts in the indictment. Some of them were for less than, many of them were for less than $100, though. Mm -hmm. So you did feel like a little sense of padding on, like this was this trip to uh, this, the store to, to buy to Target, this trip to this Target for $82, et cetera, et cetera. I get that's how a, a U.S. attorney needs to do it, but at the same time, the volume sounds like, oh my gosh, and then you read some of them are $62. Um, the legacy of John Doherty is a complicated one. There are many parts of what he has been able to do for the region that have been, quite frankly, very positive. The, the convention center piece and what's going on there, some of the pro-growth things that have happened in the region, et cetera. Um, I'm kind of surprised, frankly, though, that knowing what he had gone through several years ago, 10 years ago, that he wouldn't have really been watching his P's and Q's in every aspect of it. So that part I'm surprised at. But I, I do think it's a much more complicated. And I think one last thing is having such a dysfunctional at times city council, et cetera, the fact that somebody like a, la a labor leader like a Doherty can help get things done mm -hmm. has been a positive for the city overall. He's like a, a Shakespearean character, Shakespearean character with a Philadelphia accent. Um, I agree with Brian, and I uh, think it's, it, it is a tragedy, and you know, we throw that word around very lightly, but it is a tragedy because there are some incredibly good consequential things that Johnny Doc, that John Doherty has done for the city of Philadelphia. I mean, his DNA is a part of this city. There is no one that is not connected by at least two degrees um, in distance from John Doherty. That being said, there are some really serious allegations made in that indictment. And if even two or three of the most serious ones are true, um, the, the negative impact of the figure of John Doherty in the city outweighs the positive. Yeah, let, let's, let's not um, uh, act as if he passed away and we're eulogizing him. Right. Uh, if you read this indictment, what I zero in on, and frankly what outrages me, is, is it is alleged, and I think pretty clear, 
that he weaponized a city councilman to advance his private interests. That's a hijacking of our democracy. That's a hijacking of our government. When you find out that CHOP uh, has non-union labor putting in two MRI machines, and you call up and you say, uh, boy, you wouldn't want to be shut down by the city for this, and then your councilman who's on your payroll uh, gets L&I to show up and twice shut them down, that is a hijacking of democracy, and I, th I think it's it's outrageous, and and we should we should not lose sight of that. I agree with Brian that some of the 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 the, the number of uh, uh, things that he stole is, is is penny ante stuff, and and what we've always seen in Philadelphia, the weaponizing of a councilman is not what we've seen. So let me first do a disclosure. I've known John Doherty since before he was Johnny Doc. I knew him when he was just John Doherty and running a part of the, of the Local 98. I did my first successful political campaign in 1991 uh, working for Ed Rendell with him. I was doing field in South Philly and when we needed to do lit drops, he was the guy I called. The guy that is found in that document is not somebody I recognize. The guy that I know, the John Doherty that I know, is someone that is beloved in South Philadelphia, does so many things that never make the press. Um, and I really believe that um, while, you know, I think his, his position is that he's looking forward to his day in court to defend himself. There are two sets of rules, and there's a different set of rules for labor leaders. I've spoken to some labor leaders and asked them, not John, other people, and asked them for their recitation on this. They think that the rules that he's being held to are the wrong set of rules. Well, the question is, you look at, let's start with the legal case and then the case in the court of public opinion. Legally, as you look at it, and it seems as though you've got to break them into two things. There may be different rules applying to Doherty and Heenan, who's a public official. What do you think is going to happen in court? Do you actually think that they're both going to go to jail? One will go to jail, the charges will stick? Or is there a chance that they may be, he might be able to say, okay, I didn't do my bookkeeping well, but this isn't something that should send me to jail? I think the Heenan thing is obviously a different thing. He's an elected official, and to the extent that he's now, at what point are you just responding to a constituency? And the children's mm -hmm. hospital thing is, is by far the most outrageous part right. of the whole thing. I mean, the fact that, that some child wouldn't have gotten an MRI in time because of it, or it was delayed, it, and especially CHOP, which is like this incredible thing, not just for our region, but for the world. I mean, it's one of the, the best things around the whole it's region. Disgusting. It, it really is shocking. I got to tell you, though, I'm going to disagree with, because I think a lot of council people have been weaponized by a constituency. Thank you, Brian. When you see them That's flipping true. houses to buddies and making sure, oh, and, and this councilmanic prerogative yes. where I can stop everything Thank in my you. district. The real problem with the city is it's a, it's, 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 and it would be if it was Republicans too, it's a one-party town. Everybody's in on the party. Everybody's having a good time. You let me do this. And it holds us back so much in terms of this region. In terms of, it takes away so much food and money from, from people who could use its mouths and, and their homes because we allow this, this crazy, crazy political system. And so I don't think he's the only guy who's been weaponized. I think they all are. Well, that goes to the question I asked you guys before we came on air, which is, are people talking about this? Are people reading this indictment and going, oh, my God, I'm shocked or... I'm not shocked that he was getting some free work at his house or he was getting some baby wipes at Target. If I'm a union member, my life is better, my wages are higher, I'm on the job. Does this shock me? Does it bother me? I'm, it I'm, I'm it sure in his union it doesn't bother them. Well, you know what, Tam, and, and we talked about this. Um, they are talking about it. They're talking about it in the neighborhoods. People are not surprised, and yet some of the details that, that come out are just so, so shocking. We keep coming back to the CHOP situation, Children's Hospital, children, sick 
children. children. These people are, I mean, okay, maybe you don't feel bad for the Teamsters and the whole, you know, we're going to be mm -hmm. talking about the soda tax. Maybe you don't feel bad um, for, for some of the other uh, constituencies that were allegedly harmed by Johnny Duck. But kids, if you can get, I mean, that is a so, line so, that you don't cross. So let me just say one thing about that. I think that that was a pr very provocative choice by the prosecutors. I don't think it was a good idea, but I also don't think that any child that day was denied an opportunity for an MRI. M CHOP is pretty good at figuring out what their planning strategies are. This was installation of new MRIs. It doesn't have to do with existing MRIs. But it's it's and, really and, and I take your point. Donna, Donna, is it really difficult to on any level? I take your point. I agree. The required it being done by trained people, not just some elect regular electrician and all that sort of thing. That, it really wasn't. I mean, the I, fact I, that a child would not be in danger, but very the likely point. they That's wouldn't the point, be. only point I was trying to make. I mean, so let's talk about where this all leads. Let's start with the union itself. Just Donnie Dock stay in somewhat of a powerful position in that union. I mean, they're an incredible force here locally in Harrisburg, state Supreme Court. Do they maintain that hold on power or does this change things for Local 98? I think it's obviously going to change things for John Doherty, right? So not only is he the business manager of Local 98, but he's also the head of the building trades. And I think that's where it's going to get more dicey. Um, you've already heard, obviously, from the Teamsters, who, you know, they have problems <laughs> with them. But I'm also hearing from other unions in the building trades. You know, I think, you know, next Wednesday when they have that building trades meeting might be uh, the, the most consequential political event uh, of this year. Will they sell uh, tickets? I'd like well, to go yeah, to that. Yeah, great. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, Jane. No, I was just I was just going to make the point. I, I think John Doherty enjoys widespread support among the membership. I don't think that's going to change of for all the for, no no for across the trades. Yeah. I've spoken to people that were in it's leadership roles. Well, uh, that that remains to be seen. Will play itself out. But I think there's there's only one point I want to make on this, and that is this. I think that if he was to the manor born instead of to Pennsport born, he would be regarded as a class as issue. I oh, do. Yeah, I do. But, but, you know, okay, but, you so, know, but, you know, you know yeah. my, my, my column is about the, the, the blue. Yeah, but you speak the king's English. I was talking about, I'm just saying, not to toot my own horn, but my column is about the whole. Uh, not even weaponizing, but using the whole blue-collar ethos to sort of hide behind this manipulative, uh, allegedly manipulative character who is much more of a, of, a, of, a, of a kingmaker and not the guy on the corner who's drinking the Schmitz and, the, and, you know, and who's uh, you know, smoking the cigarettes on so the corner at 49th and Lancaster. Larry, you've got a piece out talking about this as well today. Let's talk a little bit about Heenan, and let's put up some of the reactions that came from City Hall, from the mayor, from Daryl Clark. Everybody said these allegations are serious. He's the majority leader there in city council. Nobody was willing to say, this looks terrible. You need to resign. You got to go. Instead, they've pretty much said he needs to sit with his conscience and yeah. decide what he needs to do. Yeah. Is that the right call for city leaders to pretty much say, I'm staying out of this? Of, of, of course or, not. Of course not. This is, this is where you need some moral leadership. Look what happened uh, last month in Chicago where alderman, an alderman, a powerful alderman, was, was uh, indicted by the feds and Rahm Emanuel said... Uh, uh, Called for ethics reform, specific ethics reform, and condemned him. And they—they—he's still on their what is it in effect their city council, but he relinquished his uh, his powerful committee chairmanship. Uh, Heenan should be stripped of his uh, majority leader status, uh, and 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 uh, because there are some things 
that are right and some things that are wrong. And it's wrong to represent the interests of one man over your uh, constituents. And if he says to you these are allegations, we can't go after him because they're just allegations, what do you say back to that? That there, you pointed out there are two things. There's, the, there's a, a legal court and there's the court of public opinion. Uh, and that's where, this is where political leaders need to stand up and say, a jury will decide on your guilt or innocence, but from a public responsibility and, and, and accountability standpoint, you don't have to call for him to resign, but he should not be majority leader. That's up to the body itself. You know, Let's talk about quickly. We got, we've got primaries coming up. We've got elections coming up. The soda tax continues to be something that people try to press as an issue. Do these things, and we should tell people, as part of the indictment, they said that Doherty helped push the soda tax because it would hurt the Teamsters, who he was mad at over a commercial, having Heenan do what he could in city council to get it passed. Will all of this come back as these elections and the soda tax continue to be an issue, or not really? Yes. <laughs> I think this is just the beginning, right? So, I mean, part of what was alleged in the indictment was that the soda tax itself was a vendetta against the Teamsters, right? So this is, you know, when you start to kind of peel this back and see the motives behind what is probably the, the signature piece of policy in the first term of the mayor's administration, it, it kind of makes it all for naught, you know, at a certain point. And you know, but when he says it helps kids and we have people uh, on the job. That might be the benefit, but what was the intention? Yeah, right? but I got to just, I mean, the soda taxes were passed in several other cities beforehand. Never. Mayor Nutter, as large as Philadelphia, yeah, like, but 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 they had been they had been, like they had been passed. Mayor Nutter had talked about it to somehow say that the entire effort was tied to that. Look, they were smarter when they got to California to pass a new law where you can't tax any groceries. I guess they lost here and they realized we were to get smart about this. Let's just say no tax on groceries across the board. But I I wasn't pro soda tax, but at right. the same time, I think you'd have a hard time saying this was all about John Doherty trying to get I'm just talking about so many what people was outlined in the indictment, right? right. So yeah, but I'm also talking about not just that, but looking at the total facts of the situation and the history of this issue <laughs> as it relates Wait, to the With so many people region. having taken contributions from local 98, will anybody be able to use it against anybody or everybody, chances are, has at some point I or think another? I that is a big, uh, uh, that could be the transformational moment here, whether, whether this, will this make, put corruption on the ballot? In, in the upcoming election. Uh, that's what I hope happens. So, because beyond uh, Bobby Heenan, there is an entire structure in Philadelphia that has enabled John Doherty to do what John Doherty does all these years. And there's a lot of people, many of them on council, and Brian's right, that council uh, uh, as a body, its hands are not clean. Uh, the, the many people on council, most of on council, took his money and looked the other way. Right. So, so the question is going to be, and you asked earlier, Tam, do people care about this? The late Jeremy Nowak had a study that found that the that there is a corruption tax in Philadelphia. Yeah. The average Philadelphian pays thirteen hundred dollars out of pocket for corruption. If we can make that known, then I think people will care. About also, it. can I say something? This isn't Real just quick. Philadelphia. This is, you know. Johnny Doherty's brother, Kevin Doherty, is a Pennsylvania oh, Supreme, Supreme Court, Court justice. I mean, right. this is not just the local area that we're talking about here. This is statewide. Back very, to the manor board. Well, very, very Sorry. quickly, <laughs> will there be more surprises in this case if from Johnny Doc himself? If anybody in this town knows a lot of things mm -hmm. as we go to trial, should we anticipate more big bombshells in this case? I think it's hard to say what else will follow. I think that um, from the point of view of 
the I think from from the point of view of the union and from the point of view of John Doherty, I think he's looking forward to his day in court and has oh, the yeah. opportunity. I suspect to others will will flip again. There, many were indicted here, uh, including including the chiropractor who Kenny made put in charge of zoning uh, as a as a uh, at Doherty's request. All right. Well, we have to take a short break. We'll come back to more inside story. 6ABC's Inside Story is presented by Temple University. Welcome back to Inside Story. I'm Tamala Edwards. Big news this week. New Jersey's junior senator, Cory Booker, has become the 10th person to say, I'm running or opening up an exploratory committee. So now he is out there. My question is, what are his chances and was now the right time? Should he have waited until the summer when maybe people were focused a little bit more? I think, uh, first of all, I'm just shocked that he has this kind of ambition. <laughs> Sorry. Straight <laughs> <laughs> face. Anyway, um, but uh, no, I think he had to get out there now because the field is getting so crowded so fast. Well, there's going to be more people coming. I know, there's but time. you know, you, you wait, you can't be the 39th person right, out there, you know what I mean? So you got to get out there fast, I think. Yeah, Plus, I reasonably say, fast. better early than late. Plus people, Kamala. Kamala just made Senator a big Harris splash. Senator Harris is right. a huge splash, and I think you don't want that momentum to get away from you. Uh, Senator Booker, to, uh, to Brian's point, is someone who's been looking at this office for a long time, yeah. so I felt he like he... shaves in the morning. <laughs> he, <laughs> did, he didn't, he didn't want to miss the, he didn't want to miss the boat on this. So. Where do you guys assess him in terms of the field? Do you think he moves towards the front or do you think he's in for a struggle like Larry I know you've been watching him for a long time there, uh, I have concerns about him I think he's a, he gives a great speech the question is can he get stuff done and there's a, a, a very damning book about uh, how he mishandled Mark Zuckerberg's hundred million dollars in the uh, to to rescue the Newark schools and spent it frivolously on consultants and so that raises the question of is he style or substance all right. I continue to hold that the sooner you're out there, you give people more time to talk about that book and other things. Right. I, but so I, say, I, I was just going to say, I think the I am Spartacus moment was a big <laughs> mistake. Yeah. And we'll, I think that tape is going to get replayed. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, good luck to him and everybody else in there and all the many more to come. We will see how that's they his, do. I can, see, I can see Russia from my kitchen. That's, <laughs> that's his yeah. moment. We will see. Let's talk a little bit about something that's percolating, uh, sexual harassment in politics. State Senator and PA Dalen Lynch this week took the step of suing three women who had been among people who come out to accuse him of sexual misconduct. He's doing it at a time when Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman says you should resign, piling on top of others who had, and in fact another state senator is now putting forward a motion for the state senate to expel him. But the question becomes, what happens with this? I mean, does this drama just keep going on or does he actually say, I got to get out of here. This isn't going to work out. You know, I, Tam, can, just really quickly, I, I, I don't like the intimidation on the part of the colleagues of Dalen Leach. I'm going to say something. I don't agree with Dalen Leach on anything. We are polar opposites in politics, and yet I support him in holding on to his seat, in trying to um, basically clear his name. Um, no one should be intimidated into leaving office. We talked about Bobby Heenan. Um, one thing is due process in a court of law. Another one is the whisper campaign. Another one is accusations by, for example, his colleague Katie Muth, um, who, I mean, this is the first time that a, another legislator has actually written a letter to the caucus and basically said he must resign. I also see no problem with him filing a defamation lawsuit because your do you reputation. Do think that's really the right place for it, a lawmaker? It, do you just sort of say let the court side decide it, 
or do you actually come out and file this lawsuit? Tam, the problem is by the time you get to the courts, by the time you get to that, I mean, even, even if there are no charges filed against yeah, you, there, there are your no name charges. is destroyed. I, I, think for, I, I think it was a terrible mistake for him to file the lawsuit. I think all it did was draw more attention that is going to turn out, I think, to be unwanted attention. And you know what? Whether he resigns or he doesn't, uh, I, I think is immaterial. He's going to have to run for re-election. I don't. I, I think there will be very credible candidates that will be stacked up and ready to run against Let's him on that basis. Somebody. Allegations of sexual assault have been rampant here recently in the General Assembly. You think about last year, Nick Meccarelli, mm -hmm. who was mm -hmm. accused of assault from a colleague in the General Assembly, and then here you have Brian Ellis out west mm -hmm. from the Republican Caucus, and then you have Dalen Leach. It should bring a real spotlight on these allegations and give, as, as, as Kristen said, due process to these folks. But at the same time, this is becoming an avalanche of allegations. And, and there's, there's some talk in the city. Process. Sheriff uh, Jewel Williams, the city just settled a sexual harassment <coughs> claim against him. It's not the first time that his uh, claim has been settled against him, leading some to say at the same time that the city council passes a resolution against R. Kelly, who has no plans to come <laughs> here. Would that time have been better used to say something about Jewel Williams? Well, think about Does this. Does that kind of yeah, turn absolutely. the heat up there's, there's on a hypocrisy them? to all this, right? right. Jim Kenney was very that. quick to call for Jewel Williams to resign. Uh, and yet, as we talked about earlier, crickets when it comes to Bobby Heenan. It's a different situation. Right? It's not. It's, it's not. It's, 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 it's allegations yeah. about illegality. No, there's a settlement. There's an actual settlement. No, no, no. no. With, before with before there was a settlement with Jewel Williams, Jim Kenney. Uh, but there have been previous settlements. settlements. And right. And there were previous it settlements. The, it was the quickness with which he was willing to condemn elected officials for their wrongdoing and the muteness yeah. that came after with, the, the 100. But sexual harassment right now occupies a different place. Whatever the accusation is against a member of any legislative body, you often see everybody in that party is quiet. Somebody on the other side, the other party says, that person should step down immediately. And you see that basic and hypocrisy. Well, and also well I would love to hear the point, but I've got to go to a commercial, <laughs> so you have time for an inside story. We'll be right back.